This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul here with John Crane on our Monday Night Podcast to have a little bit of a debate. Yes, I know it's Monday night, the Angels are playing the Twins tonight, but we are on different coasts with different time zones, so it's a little hard for us to do a live show during the game. So we're going to discuss some issues and give you the full recap of the Angels-Twins series on our Wednesday night show. John, how you doing, man? Not too bad. It's Monday night and uh, Game of Thrones last night finale. I heard a lot of people didn't go to work today, but here we are without ready to podcast. A lot of people ticked off, man. I saw my brother, <laughs> my brother last night, just eight minutes after the show was over, just said he binged watched Game of Thrones seasons one to eight to, to then watch what he felt was the worst episode in the show's history. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, I did it in two. I did it in about a month and a half to two months. I binge watch it. I, I and I sat next to coworkers who were giving me spoilers, but I knew so little they didn't really spoil things for me. But um, yeah, I did hear a, a, a lot amount of it. The, there's gonna be a large percentage of people calling out of uh, abnormally large percentage calling out of work today. So I'm not one of them though. Well, probably because they have road rage. I don't want to go kill anybody on the roads. I mean. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So, folks, we're just getting started here. But if you like what we're doing, please check us out on iTunes and subscribe. We'd really appreciate the support there. Also, if you have the time, we'd really also appreciate a five-star review to help us move up the charge. And if you want us to earn that five-star review, email us and give us some feedback so how we can get better earn your five-star vote. Also, if you are a new listener and enjoying the show, do us a favor, please. This is serious business here, or this is honest to goodness favor. Please text a fellow Angels fan and let them know about our podcast. It would mean the world to us to help um, reach more people and talk all kinds of Angels baseball wherever we go. All right. All that in mind, the big debate for us was not a Game of Thrones debate over the weekend. The big debate came from an article uh, written by Jason Reed in the an LA Sports Hub. I'm... It really kind of trashes the Angels for not going after Dallas Cutchell. And uh, I, I actually kind of took, I have to be honest, John, I took a beef with the guy 
um, because all he really does is trash the Angels in his last couple of articles, at least. And I didn't go too far back in his history, but all I needed to do was read three of his, his last three, and all I do is just trash the Angels, trash the Angels, trash the Angels. Never mind the team has been playing pretty well after a rough start. Never mind that they still have plenty of uh, some plenty of talent to watch there. Never mind the team's improved dramatically uh, in the farm system. Never mind all those things. Let's just trash the Angels. Uh, but John, in this case, he really he went after the Angels for not doing what pretty much the rest of the league hasn't done, and that signed Dallas Kutchel. And I, I took a beef with that, and I asked him to come on the show and debate it with me. And uh, instead it became a Twitter debate where in the end he refused to, well, he refused to come on the show. He, he just wanted to debate online, and and uh, so be it. The um, I think the the argument with it is, Got some several threads, and so on yesterday's show, you and I, we agreed to uh, have the debate, and you're going to take the the side of signed Dallas Cudgel. Is that correct? Well, I, I I just don't think it's as shut down as as you as you put it. Again, I, I'm more of a I, I like to see. You know, I go to games and I I enjoy winning and I, you know, I mean, I what what we've talked about since this podcast started is about we don't have a quote stopper. We don't have an ace on our starting squad that we that is staff that we can actually depend on. So the temptation to sign a, a you know, a potential or ace uh you know salary wise and and you know name wise a big name you know uh, uh agent is something that does doesn't sound uh disgusting to me doesn't make me sick makes me intrigued i do understand your point though no i thought we i thought we had i made the screaming yesterday and yesterday so that you were just going to take take the opposing side so we could actually have this debate Oh, okay. I am. I'm absolutely ready to take the points aside. I'm just not. I'm not taking out the knives yet. I'm just like, hey, no, you know what? No, no, we're not going to have knives here. We're I told the guy. I told the guy. I told him that you and I would be nice if he came on the show. I'm not going to be mean about. It. I'm not going to be like, John, you suck. You don't talk angels. I'm just, I'm just out. Bump- we're in the middle of the ring right now, and we're bumping gl- gloves against each other. You know, cordial, and now here we go. Okay, I mean, just t- I, I, okay. Here's the points that I thought that Jason that I kind of I don't really see w- what your argument is. Um, I mean, I, I think it's funny he does argue about this long. Tr- you know, he's like this 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 long term plan. That you know, he's he's laughing, kind of dismissing it. But he does make a point. If we weren't able to sign Dallas Kutchel to a one-year deal, how does that affect the one? You know, the long-term plan. Well, this is where I'm going to go with it, okay? Because and this is where he you're, you're going right after you're going right after the uh, the crux of the money argument right away, okay? And this is where he and I immediately differ. Okay. My point of view is this. Well, let me go with his. His point of view was if you have the money, spend it. If you have, if you are under the luxury tax to the point where the angels are, which is I think around 45 million. All right. You can go ahead and spend the 15, 16, 17, 18 million, whatever you think it's going to be to sign this guy in a one year deal. Okay. And, if it's only a one-year deal, then it doesn't affect your team long-term. It doesn't affect your plans long-term. And therefore, 
just go do it. It will give you a chance to contend. Okay, and on its face, that's a fair argument to make, right? That you, that you can go get another star in your line, that you can get somebody who eats some, some innings up for you, who is, who is, for all intents and purposes, one of the best pitchers in the game, okay? However, my counter-argument to that is this. The Angels have gone down this road before. All right? They went down this road hard under Jerry DePoto, where they were making trades and blowing up, blowing up their... Their farm system, they were signing players to short and long-term deals that cost tons of money. And my feeling on this is the Angels have a plan. And they have this thing called a budget. They are not a bottomless pit. One of the things that really disturbed me about the discussion today was the continued accusation that I'm just treating this team like it's a small market club. No, I'm not. I am treating this team like they have a budget because every stinking team in the league, even the Dodgers, has a budget. Now, here's the difference. The Dodgers, the Yankees, these clubs have nearly endless resources and within their budgets, they can spend a ton more than the Angels can. That's just the truth of it. There's no way around it. Look at, who, look at their financial backers. No, this is true. They have a yeah, they have their own network. There, yeah, no, they are they are like the Lakers. They have a bottomless pit of money to spend. But the points that he's making is that we're 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 far below the the teams that you're referring to in money. And again, I mean, I think as as, as a fan, um, I I want my team to spend money. Um, that we that we have. I I believe we do have. Um, we do. Our attendance is very good. Our TV contract may not be Dodger Land contract, but um, um, but you know, I, his point is is you know, don't you owe it to your fans to at least spend spend what you can spend? And again, this is just a one year contract is all we're talking about. So it's not like we're mortgaging our future. Again, that draft point, that draft pick uh, argument. If it's after that date, I guess that's when people will be more aggressive. But I just don't see how it hurts us long run if we were to go after him for just for a season. All right, so I was off a little bit. The Angels are 10th in the league right now in payroll, $158 million. 11th. 11th. 10th. 10th. I have it right from here right now. Okay. I'm on, on spot track right now. Okay. 10th. Okay. At 158, Seattle is right behind the 151. So 10th in the league. They, they have numerous bad contracts on the book. So you're talking, though, about one player, though. So when his buddy jumped in the conversation, I, he made this argument, the very basic argument that if you can make your team better and make them into contenders, why not do it? That basic argument I can get on board with. Here's the problem. If you look at all the other holes on this roster right now, all the other issues on this roster, then it's really hard to make that point and stick with it. They're not one player away. Okay, the, Financially, they are not a bottomless pit. And if you spend that $15 million now, that's going to be 15 plus. Who knows what he'll sign for? 
that they won't have come 2020 offseason. You'll say, well, what do you mean? Well, because money's on a bottomless pit. You don't just magically make $15 million of They actually have a budget. That's the problem I, here. But see, that's not how, as, as a fan like me, that I look at it. I have you have, the, you have you have a budget this year to spend. You have a budget next year. If I overspend this year, that doesn't take away from my, I still got an incoming profit. I got TV revenues. I got, uh, you know, I mean, he, there is money coming in. And if you're below, as far below the cap as they are, again, as a fan, I look, I look at it as, I, I don't understand your point that we're taking away money from next year by spending it this year. Because you, because, listen, let's let's frame it this way, okay? I'm a business owner, right? I own Gridiron Media, okay. And when I budget out all my ads, all the podcast equipment that we have, and so on and so forth that we do buy, any T-shirts, I have to measure that against the expenses that come in and out. Okay, it doesn't matter that I technically have a credit card limit, so to speak, or whatever. Okay, it doesn't mean that the money will be there if I go overspend. It doesn't mean I'll have a return on the dollar that I spend. Okay, so the Angels have a different return financially every year than say the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Dodgers do, and that's why it matters. This is economics 101. It's a sports economics. It's not just about, hey, you, you have $18 million in the bank, just go spend it. Because that $18 million doesn't just magically recover. The argument made to me during, the, during that discussion was, well, they'll draw more fans to the ballpark, people will buy some jerseys. Sure, but will it make up $18 million in contract? Or $15 million, or whatever it is, whatever the prorater the pro tra- the pro rate will be. See, that is the thing. This is not about being small ball. You don't hear me, you're, I'm not being small market here. You're not hearing me advocate for trading every skill player on this roster and holding a fire sale and keeping the payroll at $100 million. Okay, you're not hearing me advocate for that. You're hearing me advocate with sticking to a plan to ensure the potential growth of the franchise matches the spending you're putting in place. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm still no. I'm still I'm still losing you a little bit on that because I don't think if you don't spend fifteen million dollars this year, it's going to go. So then, do, do, then so then, if we were going to spend fifteen million next year, do we get to spend thirty million? For I mean, it's only a one. If it's again, I, this is assuming but, that Kaicho will 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 sign a one year deal. But money, um, which, money, John. See, that's the thing. M- m- this money isn't just recover and renew every year. Okay, this, but, that's what Maria but, was making the point. Maria made the point that, that the Angels had to extend their budget to sign one player because they knew what they could spend in, to maintain the, their actual profit. Because these teams have to make a profit line, man. They just can't not make money. They are businesses. Well, the Angels are making money. Well, I'm not saying they are, but what I am saying is they have to maintain a set profit line. They have to maintain a set budget. And we have no idea what they're planning for the 2020 free agency. Maybe their, maybe their budget is the way it is because there's certain pitchers in the 2020 free agent class that are there and they can afford and people they actually want. Because believe it or not, there are issues with Dallas Cutchell. A couple of them being he's over 30, 31 years old. Okay, He 
we saw some movement, some downward movement in the statistics. You can go talk to anybody who's watched the Astros play the last couple of years, and they'll tell you that they saw a downward trajectory in him. He's not a strikeout pitcher. When you're facing lineups like the Twins and you're facing lineups like the, like the Astros, you want a strikeout pitcher. He'll eat innings for you, sure, but coming in off of a coming in off of an offseason where he's been sitting for a while, he's been, he's been pitching simulated games or whatever. That's there are specific risks to that. I'm saying is if they have a plan to supplement this roster in the offseason, which it appears to be that way, then why deviate the plan for a Band-Aid fix that may or may not work when you have a plan that worked? Listen, Billy Epler, I'm sorry, I'm John, I'm Randy. I'm going to shut up here in a second. No, Billy, Epler came from, Billy Epler came from the Yankees, right? And this is a point Absolutely. that I made. People forget about this. There was a time in the mid-2000s where the Yankees had literally spent to their limit. Believe it or not, the Yankees spent to a limit. Everybody thought they had a bombless pit. They don't. No team has a bombless pit. They're close. Some, some teams are pretty darn close. All right. The Yankees, as their roster aged, they kept spending, and it kept burying them long term. So, and it destroyed their farm system. This, does this sound familiar to what the Angels did? By the yes, way, yes, very similar. Yes. Okay. So, what did they do? And Billy Upper was part of this. They cut back on the spending. They refocus on rebuilding the farm system first, because what people don't realize is that farm system. Those are your poker chips, right? Everybody wants prospects. Okay, there's a big name guy out there. Teams almost all if they're going to go for a trade, they almost always want prospects. So you're so not only these guys are your future of the team on the field, they could be your future of the team off the field via trade. Okay, so you you rebuild that farm system, you get all those nasty, those horrible contracts off your books, which is what they've been working through, and then all of a sudden they have more money that's a, mo- a bigger cash reserve to spend, and that is why I say don't do it because. That $15 million, $18 million, it doesn't grow on trees. It's part of your cash reserve, and once you spend it, it's gone until, until your profits refill that thing, and who knows how long it's going to be. That's why you have a budget. Well, well again, uh, this is all the rational argument, and, uh, and I understand. I, and, and, and bottom line is that you know, I do. I have a lot of faith in Billy Epler, um, but – I'm just I'm you know, I guess I'm beating the dead horse because I'm still going on. the. I, I look at this team. This team has, you know, they what what they just they just signed Trout to an astronomical deal. We do. They, look how much money they gave to pull holes. Look how much money they give. I mean, when we're talking about a one year deal to get like a veteran pitcher that at least Angel fans would be able to say, hey, look, Dallas is pitching tonight. Yeah. And now we, we do have Griffin Canning. So that's, you know, I and. I see that, you know, I, hopefully we can supplement that with a few other things from our farm system. But, I mean, right now I look forward to when, when Griffin Canning starts. I'd like to look forward to, to when somebody else starts. <laughs> and right now all I look forward to is Griffin Canning. So, I mean, you know, just as a fan, understanding and, and the money, uh, I don't really, you know, the – I don't know. I just, you, you know, I think you might be a little wiser than me on this. I just don't see how not spending money this year is going to translate to money next year. This team has money. They're not the Yankees. They're not the Dodgers. Um, but and, and just to have, have a veteran. But just to have a veteran presence on the on the, you know, a, a, with a with a winning 
uh, an attitude of, uh, who's who's won, who's experienced winning on the staff, even for just a year, um, would be a nice supplement and a nice, you know, I mean, I guess I guess I should be grateful that they signed Trout because I am grateful for that. So, But here's the thing, okay? We're, you're talking about Mike Trout. Mike Trout is a generational player, right? Okay. But how much more is he getting paid per year on the extension than he was – on his previous contract now, I don't know the number, but it's more. I'm sure it's, it's more, but more. don't don't let it shock you. He's getting paid around was it thirty four now? He'll get paid thirty six. Okay, now looking at Pujols, that's one of the contracts I was talking about. That that contract is an anchor on the staff. If you go back to again, go back to that payroll, they are at one hundred and fifty eight million dollars, almost one hundred fifty nine, what five. If you take up the payroll, all of a sudden, everything looks a lot different. See, it's about clearing those bad cap, those those bad contracts, and there's still some dead money, some buried money there, so to speak. And you start, you build towards the future. You focus on those young guys. That's what the Astros did, and guess what? That's what the Yankees did. The Yankees actually backed off the spending and let their farm system work for them, and they're going to be better long term for it. The Angels have been down this road before, John, where they went out there and they got 30, 31, 32-year-old dudes. In some cases, like, remember Finley? Finley from, what was it, uh, San Diego and San Francisco, wherever he played? They had one or two good years. They, yeah. Paying him and he didn't do jack. Okay? Paying out bad contracts for aging players or guys who are now going past their prime instead of instead of keeping guys and developing guys and spending your money on them, investing them so long-term, your product is more stable. Okay, if the Angels do this right, they're going to be a contender for 5, 10 plus years if they do this right. And I actually, given what I've seen Billy Upward doing with that farm system and the draft and so on and so forth, he's making the right decision to do this. It's different to me if the Angels are one player away. Then I say, you know what? Just go for it. Spend the money. But they're not. They have they have four other starters. If you want to include him, there are three. Okay, because Kenny's doing okay. Who are struggling? The bullpen has issues, and our guys can't hit left handed pitchers. There are numerous holes on this roster, and are you going to try and fix every one to try and get in the playoffs? Well, again, I'm 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 not wholeheartedly arguing this side and i did have a lot you know when when maria torres did jump in and she basically yeah refuted the whole point that i'm defending of you know they have that money to spend and she did she said who's who's who, you know, who said they're they're willing to spend more money you know whoever said that um and she even pointed out that they had to stretch the budget to sign cody allen um i i you know like i said i i his whole point is you know why not? It's a, and I guess the only point that really sticks with me still is it's a one year. It's a one year deal. If if you're all you're going to do is sign him for a one year deal, um, but then again, if it, then again, if he did very well, then it would have to be a longer deal, um, and which might uh, handcuff them in future in in other transactions. Well, so. it could still be a one year deal, but to me, it's kind of. You're you're building for the future, not just for the now, and that's kind of my point. If you were if this is a if you were going all out, it's like you know I'll go back to the Rams. The Rams went all out for last year and this upcoming year. Okay, 
if you're going all out and you're trying to win a World Series now, go spend the money. Go for it. If you're think if you're taking the long view where this money can be better allocated in the future, then wait. Wait, especially if he's not your guy. And quite frankly, there are 29 other major league teams who agree with the Angels on this because none of them have signed them. Some teams have made offers. They haven't made offers that have gotten Kutchel to bite. Why? Why have they not upped their offers? Because they don't feel like he's worth what he's asking for. And let's not forget the compensatory pick. The, the, the compensatory pick here, the Angels would lose, I believe, a third rounder. Listen, that guy mocked me on this. About using the farm pick, but you know what? About yeah, Jason, yeah. Why would you throw that pick away when he, at this point, is going to be available without losing that pick in a couple of weeks? Well, I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think the point. Did he make the point that you should sign him before it would well, before the whole, death? That was the whole premise of his article that started this whole thing. Was why haven't the oh, Angels signed article. Dallas Cutchell yet? Good point. You're right. You're going to the article. He kind of changed it in Twitter, though, because well, he was more willing to wait. Well, and I if 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 it comes to June, and the Angels have a big road trip coming up here. If it comes to June and the Angels come out okay, and Andrew Heaney comes back, for example, and he he pitches well, all right. So then it helps close the gap on that rotation. Then all of a sudden, I'll be I'll think you know what? Okay, now it's worth spending money because they can actually be real contenders now. But you right now you have so many holes in there. And is at that point is with there being so many holes, is it really worth spending the money? Again, because money doesn't grow on trees, it, it's going to be allocated somewhere. So why not have it allocated for the twenty twenty free agency period instead of now? If if you are going to battle for the fifth wild card seed, and you're going to get blown out of there by a team with better pitching and better hitting, because right now who can, who can argue the Astros are the class of the league by far right now? Okay, then. I don't see the point of messing with your future with a draft pick, especially now, and throwing away money that could be used this offseason when you can go in there and have a better selection of guys you want. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I totally agreed. I went back, I read, I read back and forth and back and forth. Um, I do think, you know, he says 15 million, which is a drop in the bucket. And I think that's just a fan. That's a fan philosophy that owners have. This and even the richest of owners have just money. Like fifteen million is just you know throw it, throw it. You know, whatever. If it doesn't work out, no big deal. It's only fifteen million dollars. And um, he was t- referring to us. Uh, he was talking about us being a, not necessarily a small market team, which I think we are considered. But I do see his point there too. We're not well, a necessarily a small market team, I guess, and that's uh, uh, where we're located. We're only. Uh, you know, about what at 40, 40 minutes from downtown Los Angeles with no traffic, um, right near Disneyland in, in a vast Orange County area. Well, you're not a small market team, okay, but you're not in downtown LA either. But the bigger thing is this: right now, the league average for payroll is one hundred thirty-four point seven million dollars. Right? Okay, the Angels are uh-huh. one hundred fifty-nine million, so they're already twenty-five million above the league average in salary. And I'm not advocating for going anywhere to the south of that. I'm not advocating for them to blow off. I'm not advocating for them to act like a small market team. I am advocating for them to be to be responsible with their money because you know what? $15 million is not a drop in the bucket. For anybody who's out there being a fanboy about it and thinking, well, it's just a drop in the bucket, well, it's because you're trying to spend somebody else's money. It's not your money. 
No, I, I, I absolutely agree. And that's the one thing I've always said. So obviously, I mean, this is Epler's, the one who's not is is or isn't making the move. Do you have any doubt that if Billy Epler went to Artie Moreno and said, I want to I want to offer him the 15 million dollars for a contract, Artie would say no. Artie would say yes in a heartbeat. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's where I always go. I mean, we have an extremely generous owner. So and again, and I do. Yeah, I, I do see what um, Epler did in uh, New York um, and he got us Otani. So I'm a big Epler fan, and I, I do tr- I do trust him. And bottom line, end of the day, like I said, it, it, when it all came down to it, I, I I guess my biggest thing that I agreed with him on was, you know, it's only one year, but you know, money is money, and 15 million is a lot of is a lot of money. Well, and, it's just uh, an estimate too, John. It's just an estimate that pro rate will be 15 million, but who knows um, what it will be come June when teams are free to spend and they're and they're a little more desperate at that point because now mm-hmm. after two and a half months of the season your your staff has been fully exposed and you're not seeing improvement and the guys you've called up haven't worked out quite well and that's when teams will actually bump up. If he's so dead set in weighing this out and actually getting his market value, in the end that'll flip and he'll get more than his market value because teams are going to start competing against each other. They're going to start betting more, especially when that draft pick is no longer an option for them, no longer in the way for them. I just if you are trying to build long term, the the map that's working best right now is what the Yankees and Astros did. They built internally first and then started using what they did internally to build for long term. So just wait it out and hold on to your plan. And if you don't believe that Billy Epler is doing it right, then I think you're I think that you are probably more justified to say go spend the money. But if you look at what he's doing with the farm system if you look at the contracts he's got, and look, some of these guys aren't working out. Cozart is not working out. Justin Bohr didn't work out. Uh, you took a shot with those guys that filled gaps. It didn't work. But they weren't going to be here long-term anyways. You were just hoping they'd fill the gap until your minor leaguers were ready, right? Yeah, the, the, not, not long-term plans. Um, I, I would like to make one point, and I'm, this is, I'm taking one of your points from Twitter that was actually, I don't think we've discussed, and I actually agree with you. Um, you know, you, you're questioning, well, why hasn't anybody else signed Kutchel at this point? Is, you know, is there something that we don't know that other teams know that we know that might be restricting this? Because if, you know, why not? If, if you can get a one-year contract from a, an, a more contending team, so, I look at this way. He's a Dodgers fan. I, what I really wanted to ask him if he would have come on or even stayed in, the, stayed in that conversation. If hey, you know the Dodgers could use some pitching too. They're good, but you know you can go out there and get in their pitcher and that staff. You, you might that might really turn the cage for you. Case for you that might turn your entire season for you right there. So why aren't you going to get him? Why isn't any team going to get him? Because he wants more than what teams are valuing him. Why aren't teams valuing valuing him as high as he values himself? Why? Because the film doesn't lie. You just don't go throw money at somebody based on what they've done. I asked him this question, what's his ceiling? And he referred to the last four and five years. Well, you're referring to a 26, 27, 20, 29, 30-year-old dude. Now he's 31. What's his ceiling now as a 31-year-old? What do scouts see? There's a reason why he's not being signed. And Derek, I'll tell you what, I, I'll admit right now, I'll be, I'll be on that bandwagon of people 
screaming and yelling at Billy Epler. Uh, If they signed him yesterday, two months down the road, he's uh, whatever, one in five with a 6.4 ERA. I'm going to be one like, what the hell, you know, (laughs) why did we why did we sign this guy? Why did we do this? This was a mistake. And even if he's a, an ace, I again, uh, the point is, is I he's not good. He, that's not enough. We need more than just one ace pitcher added to this staff to make a difference this season. Well, let me give, let me give it our scenario, though. Let's say Cannon keeps doing what he's doing. And Handy comes back and he saw his gags, figures some things out. Okay. Let's say Harvey figures Maria. some things out. What about Perea? Okay, what if some of these guys figure some things out, and there's and you, and now you really just need that one guy. Now things change, and you can make the case to go get the money to go to go after him. Okay, but also, and he kind of blew this off about the farm system. He's like, well, you have all these hitters. You know, I, I'm paraphrasing, but the pitching, these guys aren't ready. Well, we actually we do have a couple guys down there on the farm right now who are whose stuff is good enough to go try in the major league level. Okay, so we don't know when they'll be coming up, but. If you go sign this guy, those are fewer options now for these guys to come up and make spot starts or wherever and and try them at the major league level. So I I just, it it really depends on the situation, and I'm willing to wait it out. I think Maria said best. What I think she thought the team, unless the team is contending in July, they won't go for anything. I, I would tend to think that if the team is looking pretty decent in two weeks, and they can go after this guy. Without paying a draft pick, and I, I think that at that point they may consider it. But I really think they believe in what they're doing, and quite frankly, I see the vision and I believe in what they're doing. I'm tired of this team g- going out there and trying to be something they're not. The Angels, when they won the World Series, they they guarded those they they guarded those prospects on the, they were the number one farm system in the league for more than a couple of years. They were, you know, for a long time. And some of those guys didn't pan out, by the way. But we got, we criticized the Angels for not make for Bill Stoneman for not making moves and and being really, really strict with those with those prospects. And I get that. But then we went the exact opposite and we just threw everybody away. Just gave them away. And I don't, that's not the right way to go. Find a plan, get an organizational philosophy, and stick to that philosophy, and only make exceptions when you have a shot at going deep into the playoffs. And you better make sure that exception won't harm you long term. I can see. I mean, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything in, in Billy Upler and Artie Moreno's plan to make that, that they're doing right now that is solely for the reason of making the Angels better this season. They're. I think everything they're working towards is to make the Angels better long term um, for not just this season, but seasons beyond. So, um, I mean, again, now I wasn't firmly on Jason's side. So I, I, I do acknowledge that um, going back to there is a plan and Dallas Kutchel would definitely be out of that plan, especially a one year signing. Well, another thing, too, I think what more along in, when you start accusing people of being small market of thinking you don't want your team to spend money. Yes, I do want this team to spend money, but I want to spend it wisely. I want them to, to do it with an entire organizational plan in mind. I don't want them spending money on a whim just for an off chance at making the playoffs when you have so many other holes in the roster. 
But but us fans, we get excited when you sign a well, big free agent. Listen, when the Angels signed Vladimir Guerrero, I was sitting there with Paul Holmes, man. I was cheering like crazy. When they signed, oh my gosh, who was it? Um, Josh Hamilton. Uh, you know, I, well, I wasn't, I, I had a bad film about him. But, you know, what about Mo Vaughn? When they signed Mo Vaughn, when they signed Josh Hamilton, you know, I was pretty proud this team could go out there and get free agents. And I was stunned when Paul Canerico, for example, t- spurned the Angels and went back to the White Sox. I was, you know, pretty pretty stunned. It was a, a, I forget who it was, uh, Juan Rivera. Was it Juan Rivera who signed with the Angels soon after uh, Vladimir signed? And he came in with all this, all this, you know, just uh, what's it called? I'm looking for all this fanfare. Fanfare. There you go. Thank you. And he didn't actually do very well. But the fact was, the Angels are signing players. They're in contention. They were winning. And but in the end, did they ever go back to a World Series? Well, here, no, no, that no, not that, not that I know. How are you? See, I mean, did you, let me ask you how your how your uh, was it for, uh, foresight when they signed pool holes. Did you look at it as, were you as excited like I was? Or were you looked at it as, oh my gosh, I can't believe we committed to this guy so long? I was unhappy at the signing um, because there were a couple red flags for me. A, his his numbers have started to come down. Um, B, he was signed until he was 42. And I just, considering some of the injuries he'd been suffering of, of recent times, I just felt like, you know what, this is not a wise investment. Now, in fairness... I was gung ho on them going after Prince Fielder, but nobody saw Prince Fielder tearing up his neck like he did. And that mm-hmm. would have now the, the, he retired, so the Angels wouldn't have been stuck with all that money long term. That's the, the positive, but I still would have been wrong because that's the guy I was going for. In the end, I'm coming around a little bit on Pujols being on the team because he's become a leader. He He's been a little more clutch of late, but he's still not worth the twenty eight point five you're paying the guy. No, but there's I guess what I always go back when I quote defend Albert is the money's spent. And I don't think he's not gonna retire. So I just, you know, I mean, I appreciate all the results he gets and um but you know, and, and just to go everything reason you said you were concerned about Albert Pujols, it's out, I mean, none of it came true. I mean, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, well, <laughs> all right. So I think I I think this discussion has has beat the horse pretty well. Do us a favor, folks. If it's okay to disagree, all right. Um, it's okay for us to have different philosophies. You got to remember something. I'm, I'm a I'm a soul size teacher. I have taught government. I've taught personal finance, and I, I I'm a numbers guy when it comes down to stuff. I'm, and so I I'm going to have a different perspective in terms of what's long term and, and money and economics and and of course I also run run our company here. So if you disagree with me or agree with me. It'd be really nice to get your feedback, so you can get a hold of me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. You can get a you can get a hold of our podcast Twitter handle, which is at talkinghalos, and we'll be more than happy to have this conversation with you. And it's okay for fans to have that discussion. It's okay for us to debate the game. It's part of the game. Um, and don't take it personal that I'm against the Cutchell signing. I just believe that 
I, I like what I'm seeing in Eplor, and I believe in the plan, and it burns me a bit that so many people are so stuck on the now that they can't see the long-term plan that's sitting right in front of them. Final thoughts, John? Well, I just think as a long-term, that might be why why this may this uh, podcast with you and me may work out. I, I am married to a teacher who is the rational one who keeps us grounded in our lives, and uh, and I will. And in this podcast, you, you're going to be the more rational person. I'm going to be the more bright light, bright light. Look at that shiny object guy, <laughs> uh, easily easily distracted by a, a big name uh, and maybe a quick result. So uh, um, I think we'll probably have a lot of differences uh, like that in the oncoming episodes. In the episodes to come. Dun, dun, dun. Episodes to come. Thank you. Thank you for finishing that thought for me. Well, somebody had to use a fully functional brain there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can also search for our page on Facebook. It's the Talking Halos Facebook page. Um, apparently, John might just be more active with our handle there because, you know, he he's becoming a, a social media nerd. You can also find me at DC I'm, I'm, I'm all over Twitter, man. man you never, are, like, you are becoming obsessed. Twitter, but every time I see something, I'm all over Twitter now. You're becoming obsessed. Again, you can find I got me on Maria, Maria you Torres. You're let me finish the show, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> My followers have doubled. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, okay, I'm going to try this take three here. You can find (laughs) me on Twitter. John, let me finish. John, let me finish. At DC Apollo. You can find John at J-E-G-S-C-R-A-I-N-E, John, on Twitter. Don't forget it's Spreaker, iTunes, soon-to-be other podcast outlets as well. We're working on it. We're already on Spotify and so on and so forth. For the entire Talking Halos team and Gridiron Media, this is Derek C. Paul saying, take it easy. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace out. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.